Yeah, man. Yeah. Good morning, choir. There we go. Choir's up. So, anyway, since it's a new service, a new time, I figure we just barricade the doors. If you're not here on time, you're out. Am I right, choir? No, it's not right. It's not going to happen. All right. If you grab your uh, bulletins, welcome to worship. Some announcements as we get started on this uh, early Sunday over here in the sanctuary and our Rise Against Hunger Day. So it looks like most people got word of our schedule and our update for the weekend, so it's very good. On your bulletins is a tear-off. If you're a guest, we are glad you're here. A nice day to be here and uh, fill out this blue side, put it in the offering plate when it goes by. And uh, then on the other side, any prayer requests you may have, put those on the bottom of the yellow page and put it in the offering plate as well. And we pray on Tuesdays in our staff time, anything you may need. Uh, on the back are opportunities for the week. We'll make a few reminders here. Again, the schedule for today is after this. We're going to have an abbreviated Sunday school, uh, 9.45 till about 10.10, 10.15. And then 10.15, everything will start in the FLC. Where'd Chuck go? Chuck was around here somewhere. All right. He wanted me to say something about the deacons. Tim's going to hit it more afterwards. We need some deacons to help following the service. So be ready for that. If you're a deacon, you're going to be asked to do things. Everybody's going to be asked to do things, but deacons as well. And then uh, Sunday school is over. We go right to FLC, Rise Against Hunger at 1015. Tonight we have our encounter service, 5 o'clock sanctuary, youth and then ensemble. Uh, make mention on Tuesday, there is women on mission meeting at 1030 in the John Bryant room. Did not make the bulletin, but that does not mean it's not important enough to meet. Many things are more important than what's on a piece of paper. So women on mission, 1030, John Bryant room, make sure you show up for that. Uh, we should have shut the door before they got in here. I'm sorry, you're late. I, I can harass them, that's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, then Wednesday, 11 o'clock, Wednesday morning Bible study is on. We have pizza for our Wednesday night supper. And make sure there are cards in the back. If you have not put on our permanent list, grab a card, and uh, you can just leave it on the, on the front pews or on the back tables, and we'll collect those, and, and uh, you'll be ready for Wednesday night supper. Connect group, Moana Youth midweek Bible study, and choir rehearsal. Then on Thursday, sewing, and all the other activities. Now, this is, this is interesting. Friday the 11th, they're calling it a Nicholsville blanket, blanket slicing party this time. This is the third different party name that I have no idea what that means. Why are you slicing the blanket? Somebody from Nicholsville, talk to me. Making French. You're printing the material. This is the cutting. I thought we already did that. I don't know. This is the same thing. I just announced it the other week. Last week was fringing. This is slicing. My goodness. So it's themed with the pizza. All right. All right. There we go. So, so do they need to bring scissors for this? You do need to bring scissors for this Friday night. Nicholsville blanket slicing and pizza. So this is a big pizza week at church. So be ready for that. Small dining room. And uh, the youth mystery night happened last night. Sarah? We're not throwing axes two Saturdays in a row. Don't ask questions. Just go with it. We threw axes, yes. 
Luke do all right? Did he do all right? Okay, see, everybody was safe. It was all fine. All right, let's see. Do we have any announcements before the GEA announcement? All right, I think I covered most things. Who is going to give the GEA announcement? Do we know? It's everybody. Okay, so the GAs are coming up. Is it just GAs or GAs and RAs? Oh, okay, I was going to say. Poor guys. All right. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Becky. So these are some of our GAs. And uh, so I've got a little announcement. We're going to have a sale on the 20th of September to raise some money for Alma Hunt. October. I mean, October. October. What did I just say? <laughs> Sorry. Not oriented. Maybe you should do this, Stephanie. You want to read this? Yes. Go for it. Go for it. The GAs have been learning about missionaries who s serve in Australia. We have studied the co country's native lingo. lingo, different animals have and unique foods, and unique foods that they eat. they eat. One food in particular is called a lamington. A lamington is a small piece of sponge cake dipped in chocolate and rolled in coconut flakes. On Saturday, October 20th, the GAs will be selling the lamingtons and other baked goods to raise money for the Alma Hunt offering for the even Every bake. For every bake, good. Good. You buy, you will get a free coffee. Will, <laughs> will be set best in the kitchen. Hope to see you there. October 20th. October 20th, it's a Sunday, actually. So it'll be between um, early worship and Sunday school over in the Family Life Center. So we hope to see all of you there to get your free coffee with the purchase of a lamington. All right. Thank you. Give our, give our GAs a round of applause. There. They're a lot like Johnny Cakes, Kevin. A lot like Johnny Cakes. All right, so I think, is that all for announcements? Anyway, once again, welcome to worship. Glad to be gathered here this morning in our sanctuary, and let's worship our God together.
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 5 through 9. Now, he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a pledge, therefore being always of good courage, and knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that uh, you have given us uh, your spirit as a uh, pledge and as a promise to be with us always, to give us courageousness, to give us your courage in this life in which you have called us to live for you and for your glory. God, we pray that as we uh, live for you, we are people who are mindful that uh, this is not our home, that we have uh, a future home with you in eternity, and that while we live here, uh, our every goal is to be pleasing to you. So God, this service, we want it to be pleasing to you. This day, we want it to be pleasing to you. So we pray your Holy Spirit would dwell and that you would have your way as we glorify you in this place, in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Let us stand and sing number 28, To God Be the Glory. Number 20 in the hymnals, To God Be the Glory.
in Hebrews, we read, and we'll read a little bit later, of being surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Jesus gave us something to hold on to as witnesses of him, a way to remember him. And everyone who has committed their life to Jesus Christ is invited to the table to remember him through his body and through his blood. For in Jesus, we find who we are and where we're going. And so the night he gave these elements to his disciples, he did so recognizing that they were very common everyday elements. Things that they would probably eat and drink each day. And so in many ways he is asking us, as he has said, I am with you always, remember me always. And so on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had blessed it and broken it, he gave it to his disciples and said, For as often as you eat this, remember me. After they had eaten, he took the cup. And he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. For as often as you drink it, remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Let us stand and sing hymn number 432, Speak, O Lord, number 432. Please stand and sing with us.
Good morning. We come here today to do the Lord's work in a special way uh, over at the Rise Against Hunger. And here today, now, we dedicate our tithes and offerings to help spread God's word throughout the world, along with the food that we will be, do- that we will be preparing later. So let us go to the Lord in prayer. God, bless these people, bless these tithes and offerings, bless the food that we re- prepare for others, and help it spread your word and, uh, and your grace throughout the world so that, they, so that everyone can see uh, the greatness of your power and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory
Thank you, particularly those who come to the second service for getting up early and being a part of this service today as we doing something different, and uh, hopefully it will be a blessing to all of us as we gather in the Family Life Center after Sunday school and pack meals to send somewhere in the world where there is great need. Thank you, choir. You sounded good to be the 8.30 service today. Voices all warmed up and so forth. Thank you, Paul, for having them ready this morning. The flowers to my left and to your right are given in honor of Olive Lithwanowicz on the occasion of her birthday tomorrow by her children. And so uh, I wanted to point that out to you this morning. Usually there are a group in the church that do that for Olive. Olive has many children, and uh, we are thankful for Olive and uh, for her many years as a faithful member of this congregation and before her Lord. Let's bow for prayer. Gracious Lord, as we open your word this morning, we do so recognizing that it is your word and that we are to take heed. We pray, Father, that you will bless this time together. Be with those, Father, who could not be with us this morning because they are recovering from illness or facing illness. Father, we know that there are many difficulties that we face as human beings. 
And yet you are a great God who cares and loves and comes to us in our times of need. Thank you for your presence with us here this morning and for the hope that can be instilled in each of us as we serve you through this time of worship and through our time together in Sunday school and as we pack meals for those who have need. Bless our missionaries, Father, as they serve in many places around the globe. Supply their needs. Keep them safe. Encourage them, Father, because we know that there are bound to be days that are filled with discouragement when things are not as they should be. We're grateful, Father, for our togetherness in this place today, for each person here and for what they bring, and for their concerns, Father, we lift them before you. Bless this time together in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 is our scripture this morning as we look at getting ready to race. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Rick was born in 1962 to Dick and Jane Hoyt. As a result of oxygen deprivation to Rick's brain at the time of his birth, Rick was diagnosed as a spastic quadriplegic with cerebral palsy. Dick and Judy were advised to institutionalize Rick because there was no chance of him recovering and little hope for Rick to live a normal life. It seemed an almost impossible mountain to climb to raise this son who could not walk, could not talk, and could not eat on his own. Discouragement set in. Their hope dashed. The life they had planned was suddenly changed forever. The race they were running seemed impossible to finish. I'm sure you've had moments like this in your life as well. Moments where it all seemed too much. Too much effort, too many challenges, and too little energy. Hebrews 12.1 is a wake-up call to see our life as a race and to run it with passion and zeal and energy and discipline. The author of Hebrews wants us to get serious about the race again, to test ourselves, to see if we are running or coasting or lounging on the couch. Now running can be hard. The race can be long. The journey can be difficult. The road can be treacherous, so how can we finish successfully? The author of Hebrews compares the Christian life to a race. Let's examine the process of preparation for running the race of life. As we run the race, there is a big, dense crowd of saints pressing in on the track. These saints are the people described in chapter 11 and all the other Christians since then who have finished the race before us. They are witnesses to God's deeds, witnesses of Jesus' power, and witnesses of the faith which on the Holy Spirit can inspire and sustain. We can look at them and see examples of faith and perseverance under every imaginable circumstance. There's David who committed adultery and murder, and he finished. 
There's John the Baptist with this strange diet and bizarre wardrobe. And he finished. And Mary the prostitute. And she finished. And Job who suffered much and he finished. And Stephen who was hated and stoned and he finished. And there's grandparents and uncles and aunts and witnesses and friends. And they all finished. Perhaps you could name some other witnesses that have inspired you. Maybe you can picture them now. Your witnesses, how they ran. You saw how they finished. You know that they have received their reward. And so we can look at them and say, well, by the power and faith that got them through, I'm going to finish too. But before we finish... There are a few things we must do. First, we see in this passage of Scripture that we must remove the impediments. Christians cannot afford to be hindered in living the Christian life. The author of Hebrews told believers to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. We need to take action as Christians. The author of Hebrews had probably observed a foot race. Oftentimes runners would train with weights on them. The day of the race, however, the runner would lay aside every weight. In fact, Greek runners ran almost naked if you read about the Olympics in early ancient times. Everything that could hinder the running of the race needed to be removed. We also, as followers of Christ, need to take action on besetting sin. Many hindrances thwart the Christian's progress. For example, fleshly indulgences, faithlessness, lack of dedication, inordinate pride and laziness. Repentance is the action that needs to be taken. Without hindrances, the Christian can progress. When the author observed foot races, he probably saw runners with excess fat. They could not run as fast or as far as those who had taken action against that hindrance. That which seemed to impede the progress of the Hebrew believers was the lack of faith. Those who had achieved it did so by opening their lives to the Lord and making progress. The theme of Hebrews is let us go on. The admonition is don't let anything impede your progress in the Lord. To live a successful Christian life, the impediments to progress must be removed. If we want to run the race, we have to get in shape. We need to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. You can't run when you are weighed down. You can't run when you are tangled up in a net or rope. But This requires some effort and planning on our part. So I would encourage you to sit down one day in the coming week and take a look Your game plan. On a pad of paper, write down some of the things that are impeding your race. What are the weights in your life? The seemingly innocent weights and encumbrances that are condemned in the Bible, but which you know are holding you back in the race for faith, holiness, and freedom. Make a list. Only you know what should be on that list because you know yourself. And with prayer to God, allow Him to open your eyes to the weights that are hindering your race with Him. The second thing we're asked to do is to examine the race course. 
Runners participating in running events on different courses. One of the prerequisites to running a good race is for the runner to walk or run the course prior to the race so that he or she will be familiar with the terrain. The race course for the Christian can only be followed by looking to Jesus. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, it tells us in verse 2 of chapter 12. The writer of Hebrews says, look to Jesus, consider Him. He is the foundation of our faith from start to finish. He went first by enduring the cross and despising the shame. And he ran perfectly so that he is now sitting down triumphantly at the right hand of the throne of God. He is not just our example. He is our redemption. The foundation of our faith. He is the perfect model for faith from start to finish. He trusted His Father from beginning to end in His earthly race. And He is the giver and sustainer of faith from start to finish. Hebrews 13.21 tells us, May God equip you with every good work that you may do His will, working in you that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ. We cannot accomplish anything in the race if we take our eyes off Jesus. The God who began a good work in us is going to complete it through Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. So don't even think that finishing the race will be dependent on your strength. We run in the strength that God supplies that in everything God may receive the glory through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the pattern for Christian life. No one needs to wonder how a Christian is to act, think, or speak. The proper behavior is always modeled in Jesus Christ. The race marked out for us is the life of Jesus Christ. He is our supreme example. But in what way does Jesus set the example for us? He obeyed the Father's will even when it cost Him His life. If Jesus obeyed to the ultimate degree of sacrifice, all of His followers need to be willing to do likewise. Jesus is the dynamic for the Christian life. The Lord does not just model the way to live. He helps us achieve the goal. He is the author and finisher of our faith. The one who is in the beginning with God and was God knows who we are. He enables those who strive in faith to be victorious. The word author can be translated pioneer or leader. The word finisher describes one who is a companion on a journey. Jesus is the one who prepares the way for a person to be right with God. And He is a constant companion to help us on that journey. Well, the third thing we must look at is the legacy of the runners. Runners are inspired by other runners. We pace ourselves with other people, don't we? It's hard not to, particularly when you're running. In many high schools, portraits of past victorious athletes and trophies commemorating past victories are displayed, and in other institutions as well where victories have been won and sustained. The author of Hebrews described the legacy of those who had run the Christian race. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Why is this so important? Witnesses testify of the power of faith. 
The therefore of Hebrews 12.1 is a hinge. It refers to the heroes of faith mentioned in Hebrews 11. The author of Hebrews described the great legacy of those who have faith. These people gave testimony to the worthiness of their faith in the Lord. They finished the race with their faith intact. They are our witnesses. Those who would cheer us on as we look at their example. Witnesses inspire Christians to be faithful. Picture racers running around a track in a stadium. The runners are inspired by the spectators in the stands. Modern sports reporters often talk of the crowd getting into the game. Likewise, those who sit in the stadium of glory cheer on believers on earth. Think about it. Think again about those people in your life who were witnesses to you. Who you looked to, who taught you, who modeled for you what it means to be a Christian and how those people even today have influence on your life. Wouldn't you agree? There are people like that in all of our lives that showed us the way, who lived the Christian life, who have gone on and are only hoping for us the same that they had to be a witness for Jesus Christ until the race is finished. The fourth thing he would have us do is work on endurance. One of the real battles of running is a psychological struggle. The runner had to battle constantly with quitting or continuing. I did that when I used to walk. I'd say, okay, I'm going to walk 15 minutes. And then I'd fool myself and say, well, I'll walk another 10. And that's how I got through as I increased walking until the doctor told me, don't walk anymore, you're ruining your feet. Now, that's a terrible thing for the doctor to tell you, but that's, that's where I ended up. And that's when I started putting some weight back on because I couldn't do that. But it's so easy for us to talk ourselves out of doing what we need to do, isn't it? And it's the same with running. The author of Hebrews encourages believers and us to work on our stamina. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Don't give up, he said. Look to the witnesses. See how they persevere. And persevere with them. Sometimes we are tempted to quit living the Christian life. In the mind of every runner, the temptation to quit is always present. The runner must fight feelings of fatigue, possibility of failure, and thoughts about the success of the competition. Nothing should stop the runner from completing the course. Christians often become easily discouraged. They are tempted to slow down or give up. But believers must not quit. We must not quit. We need to endure. Through Christ we can. And that's why we come together on days like this. To show people in the world that we're not going to quit on them. That we know that there are people who are in need of food, who are hungry. And we can help and provide for them by giving a little of our time today. The endurance is worth the effort. The encouragement to run with perseverance is interesting. The Greek word here means having the determination to master something. Staying with the Christian life has many benefits. First, you experience the joy of running the race. Second, you can relish the accomplishment. And third, you will receive a crown. The scripture tells us that there is laid up for us a crown in glory. 
It's important for us to understand that we cannot experience the joy of running if we're running away from Christ instead of with Him. The Christian life is a foot race. To run the race effectively, runners must remove impediments, master the course, draw encouragement from the crowd, and run with endurance. The question for us today is, how well are we running? Are we doing the things that the author of Hebrews would have us do? Are we setting aside those things that would impede us in our walk or our run with the Lord? I mentioned Rick Hoyt at the beginning. When Rick Hoyt was a teenager, he received a computer, which enabled him to begin to communicate with his family through head movements. When he was in high school, Rick learned about a mile run to raise money for another child with a disability. He asked his dad if he could run the race with him. Now Rick's dad, Dick, was no runner and had heart trouble. But how could he say no? And so they ran together. Dick pushing Rick's wheelchair every step of the way. That night after the race, Dick remembers, Rick told us he just didn't feel handicapped when we were competing. Rick's realization turned into a whole new set of horizons that opened up for him and his family as Team Hoyt began to compete in more and more events together. Now they compete just about continuously in marathon races. And they are not in a marathon, they are in a triathlon, a combination of 26.2 miles of running, 112 miles of bicycling, and 2.4 miles of swimming, can you imagine? Together they have climbed mountains and once trekked 3,735 miles across America. For the past 25 years, Dick, who is 65, has pushed and pulled his son across the country and over hundreds of finish lines. When Dick runs, Rick is in a wheelchair that Dick is pushing. When Dick cycles, Rick is in the seat pod from his wheelchair attached to the front of the bike. When Dick swims, Rick is in a small but heavy, firmly stabilized boat being pulled by Dick. I have a video. I don't do this very often. Let's hope it works. This is Dick and Rick. Jesus, 
powerful, isn't it? And that image is as close as we can find to what God is doing with and for us. We who think so highly of ourselves are no stronger than Rick in the spiritual race. But we have a Father who loves us, a Savior who died for us, and His Spirit empowering us. Because of them, We can run our race each and every day with confidence and hope. Therefore, run for the witnesses and for the joy of knowing Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, we are grateful 
for your power. We're grateful that we can be a part of that power as we give ourselves to you. Help us, Father, always to look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, through Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. The invitation is found on page 413. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look to Him. If you've never given your life to Jesus, the opportunity is before you. Ask Him to come into your heart to forgive you, to cleanse you, so that you can run the race with Him. As we stand and sing hymn number 413. Thank you again for being here for this 8.30 service. Uh, Just something we're doing differently. 
It doesn't mean we're going to do this every week. You know that. But it is a day of service, and so I hope that you uh, have signed up and will be a part of that later after you leave uh, your Sunday school class. Um, I want to mention Steve Smith is with us today. Steve is a retired pastor from Colossi Baptist Church, but he works with the Dover Association, and he floats from church to church to see what's going on in the Dover churches uh, as well to worship with us. So, Steve, we're glad to have you today. Raise your hand so they can see where you are and who you are. Uh, He's been with us before. Also, this is Benevolence Sunday because it is the first Sunday of the month. There will be deacons at the door to receive your benevolence offering. After Sunday school, and you'll go to Sunday school now, Uh, After Sunday school, there will be deacons in this building to help those of you who need help to get across uh, to make sure you can get over there with uh, uh, at least some escort to help you to make sure that you make it safely. So uh, they will be over here uh, at the conclusion of Sunday school. Remember, Sunday school is abbreviated. Do the best you can do. That's all I can say. You know, I know how that is. But we're trying to so we can get together and begin packing the meals. Let's bow for a benediction. Gracious Lord, as we leave today, we are grateful that we're in a race, but we're not in that race alone. You show us the way, Father. Help us to keep our eyes on you. To always fix ourselves on you so that as we minister in your name, people will see you and not us. Bless us, Father, as we go through the remainder of this morning and as we work together to celebrate your love as we prepare food for those who are needy. Bless us as we leave. In the name of Jesus, amen.